Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. The final from Progressive Field in Cleveland. It's the Seattle Mariners 6 the Cleveland Guardians 1. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy watching baseball being played. And uh, at least the scoreless streak has come to an end. At least we can put that behind us. Uh, what, did, what did we say it was? 27 consecutive innings of scoreless baseball, and they finally get a run across on an error. We don't even uh, record an RBI on the day. The run comes across on an error. So, yeah, it was uh, it was not a good one. It was another rough, rough start by the Guardians, even though, even though we actually out-hit the Mariners on this one. We actually out-hit the Mariners on this one, and just nothing to show for it. Just cannot get a rally started, cannot get anything going, uh, leaving guys in scoring position. Man, just a brutal, cannot put anything together. The hits were there. We out-hit them 9-7. to seven. I mean, they really kind of quieted down after they scored their six runs. But we just cannot put anything together. Meanwhile, they're hitting crooked number home runs. Huge three-run home run from Cal Raleigh. So, yeah, it's it's not good. It's not good for your Cleveland Guardians. And, uh, you know, to explain the game on the field, we have to talk a little bit about what happened off the field. And there's a bunch of roster moves and injury news that kind of set up this game for the Guardians, this bullpen game kind of for the Guardians. Uh, Cody Morris is technically a starter, but he's not been stretched out really at AAA. He's coming back off that injury that kept him out a few months at the beginning of the season. So he's, he's kind of been working himself back up. So he's in no way is he in like starting mode right now. But Cody Morris was always going to be here. He was one of your September call-ups. The other September call-up, was Ernie Clement. And then the reason that Morris was starting is because Plesek and Savali both go on the IL with injuries. Savali's is apparently a strained forearm thing. Plesek's might be a broken hand or broken finger or something like that from punching the dirt after giving up a home run to Jake Lamb. In the continued streak of dumb injuries to Zach Plesak, uh, yeah, he might have broke his hand from punching the dirt in anger after giving up a home run. That's that's up there with the dumbest of dumb injuries. So when we need these guys to, you know, when Savali, we thought Savali was trying, finally finding himself, Plesak has been meh the entire year. I really, Plesak has been the guy... I think for like the last two years, Plesak has been the guy that all Guardians fans have been like, yeah, like put him in a trade. Like, whatever. We, we don't care about losing Zach Plesak in a trade or, or whatever. He's that spot in the rotation that we would go out and fill if we were to be, if we had been aggressive at the trade deadline. Savali, it's there. Like, there's something there when he's on. Um, we've seen good and bad Savali this season. Last season was a lot of good Savali. This season, a real mixed bag. So um, they're both out. Cody Morris gets this start. Um, 
Kirk McCarty comes into the game late in relief. He's taking one of those roster spots. Remember, Cody Morris isn't taking anyone's roster spot. He's a September call-up. And then Xavier uh, Curry is going to get another start tomorrow. So he's going to start in place of Savali. So uh, he gets a call-up because of the injury. And then Ernie Clement. Why Ernie Clement? They talked about they wanted versatility because he could play so many defensive positions. You know who else can play all those defensive positions? Gabriel Arias. Now, I know Arias has kind of struggled a little bit in AAA this season. The pop is still there. The power has still been there from Arias. I know the batting average isn't exactly what you want to see. But uh, over Ernie Clement, over Ernie Clement, I got to imagine that Gabriel Arias would be a better choice over Ernie Clement. At least it would be an exciting choice over Ernie Clement. Uh, His last seven... Oh, no, that's his major league stuff. We want to see his minor league stuff. Uh, In Columbus, so far this year, he's hitting 228. Arias is a 301 on base, a 409 slugging for a 710 OPS. Uh, He's got 12 home runs, 7 doubles. Uh, Okay, yeah. So he's not setting the world on fire offensively. Uh, Only 64 strikeouts to 20 walks. So at least he's not one of these 100, you know, strikeout guys. Um, So, yeah. So it's not going great for him down in Columbus this year. But uh, it would have been a more exciting choice, I think, than Ernie Clement. We know who Ernie Clement is. He is a light hitting utility infielder. And we needed some pop. I mean, look at who we're DHing. We're DHing Palacios and Owen Miller. And uh, now throw Ernie Clement in that mix. And we want someone with some pop. We want some Gabriel Arias or Nolan Jones or heck, even Will Brennan, someone who just gets on base a ridiculous amount. Um, Yeah, it was a real uninspired choice to bring Ernie Clement back to this roster. I don't, I don't, you might get some versatility defensively, but we need some offense. We need an offensive spark so bad. All right, so let's get into this game. So Cody Morris is in, and it does not go well. They hammer him in his two innings. Uh, His final line on the day, uh, two innings pitched, four hits, three runs, only two earned, two walks, three strikeouts, and a solo home run given up on 54 pitches. It's only hard hit four times on 54 pitches. Well, that's not terrible, but still. Didn't go well for him. First batter of the game, Julio Rodriguez, 105-mile-per-hour single after a Ty France flyout. Mitch Hanninger would hit one 107.7 miles per hour into the gap in left center field all the way to the wall. Julio Rodriguez comes around to score. First of two doubles on the day for Hanninger off of Cody Morris. Um, He was up. He was up with his fastball all day. And in all in all 54 pitches in two innings, he was just sitting at the top of the zone, fastball cutter a lot. A lot. I'm looking at the illustrator here and there are a ton of pitches. And guess what? Three of the four hits he gives up. Both doubles to uh Hanniger, the single to Julio Rodriguez, uh all at the top of the fastballs at the top of the strike zone. And the last one to Hanniger, I wasn't paying attention too good to Hedges behind the plate, but the last one to Hanniger, Hedges was definitely calling for that pitch down, and it came up at the top of the zone. Hanniger ropes it in the left field for the double, 
And you just see the look on Austin Hedges' face like, that's not where I called for that pitch. Like, he knew, as soon as he saw that pitch coming in high, he knew, like, ah, he's going to crush this. And, uh, yeah, so that's, uh, Cody Morris is going to have to work on getting that fastball down. The, the cutter he was able to throw kind of up and down. Uh, same with the changeup. He was able to keep the curve down. But those fastballs at the top of the zone, all four hits came off fastballs. The uh, the home run given up was middle of the plate uh, that he gave up to Cal Raleigh. It was right at the belt. So a little bit different situation there, but still gets hammered for a home run from Cal Raleigh. Um, but that was in the second inning. That was in the second inning, which did not go well either. Uh, he does get two strikeouts to end the first inning. Strikes out Eugenio Suarez looking, gets Jesse Winker, uh, walks Jesse Winker, and then strikes out Carlos Santana on a low off-speed pitch. Um, Then comes back in the second inning after an Adam Frazier flyout. He gives up the solo home run to Cal Raleigh. He strikes out J.P. Crawford, but then an error allows Julio Rodriguez on, Ty France would walk, and then Mitch Hanniger would double to bring in the third run allowed by Cody Morris. So not the ideal start to his major league career for, for Cody Morris. Didn't really go well. The fielding error definitely... Does not help the situation. Um, two errors on the night uh, by Ahmed Rosario. Uh, so he's not helping out his uh, rookie pitcher at all here. Uh, it was a feeling. It was in. Yeah, it was an error by Ahmed Rosario that allows Julio Rodriguez on. And then Hanniger doubles to drive him in. So that's how you get an unearned run on the board for Cody Morris. So, yeah. I mean, they jump out to a nice 3 nothing lead. I mean, we had our chances second inning. We have two hits in that inning. Only problem is Ahmed, Andres Jimenez grounds into a double play in between them. Naylor with a, a weak 62.5 mile per hour single. Uh, Jimenez grounds into a double play. Oscar Gonzalez with an infield single. Uh, and then Palacios pops out behind him. Uh, Palacios on the DH spot uh, left a bunch of guys on base in this one. Uh, he left four guys on base personally in this game. So, yeah. I mean, I could go through it. Uh, we get two guys on in the fourth inning. Naylor with finally a nice hard single at 106.1. Andres Jimenez hit by the pitch in a really weird, really, it looked like he left his hand out there. I, I understand why the Seattle Mariners manager had some complaints because it definitely looked like Jimenez left his hand out there to be hit which you're not allowed to do. Like, if you can pull it back, you're supposed to pull it back. We've I, we've seen it before. I can't remember who. I can't remember where, when, why, how. But we saw someone against us leave a body part out there and it get called by the umpire uh, for intentionally getting hit by a pitch. But uh, Oscar Gonzalez would strike out and Palacios would ground out weakly back to the pitcher who flips it underhand to end that threat in the fourth inning. Everything else was just kind of spread out. There wasn't really uh, a big rally. I guess, uh, well, in the seventh inning, we scored a run. I guess that would be the big rally. Palacios with a leadoff double uh, after after an Austin Hedges flyout. Will Benson bloops a single into center field. Nice job by Will Benson in the ninth spot. They decide to hold Palacios at third base, though. They don't want to challenge Julio Rodriguez in center field. Well, it doesn't matter. He throws it way up the line. It goes all the way to the backstop. And Palacios is able to come in and score the unearned run uh, on throwing error. So no RBIs on the day for Guardians hitters. But there you go. There's your one run. 
Um, they do get someone on. They do get they get two hits in the ninth inning. Again, a single by Oscar Gonzalez. Boom, double play from Palacios. Tyler Freeman pinch hits single, but then Benson strikes out to end the game. With nine hits, it just didn't it didn't feel like at any point in this game the Guardians offense had any momentum. So it's I mean, it's weird to me to look and see. No, it actually adds up to nine hits. Because it just didn't feel like Naylor with a multi-hit game. Uh, Oscar Gonzalez with a multi-hit game uh, in the middle of the order there. It just didn't feel like we had any momentum offensively, even when we were getting guys on. Oh, man. Uh, so, yeah, so they add three more on a Cal Raleigh home run. This guy really all – that's his, that's his one move. His one move is hitting home runs. Uh, it reminds me of a few seasons ago when, uh, you know, we, uh, man, uh, Jan Gomes had, you know, kind of a season like this, although probably a little higher batting average. And then Roberto Perez had a season like this where, yeah, he's hitting 200, but he's putting up 20 plus home runs. That's the season for Cal Raleigh. I mean, this guy, almost a third of his hits are home runs, 21 home runs now on the season, but he's only batting 205. Uh, his stat cast page in the percentile rankings for expected batting average, he is six. Six. That's it. Sixth in expected batting average. For whiff rate, he's in the ninth percentile. Terrible. But barrel percentage, he's in the 94th percentile for barrel percentage. Cal Raleigh comes to chew bubblegum and hit home runs, and apparently he was all out of bubblegum last night. And two monster home runs uh, against us in the game. Uh, the one off Brian Shaw. Let's see what the exit velocity was on that one. 107.7 mile per hour exit velocity, 424. He hammered an off-speed pitch from uh, from Brian Shaw. Uh, let's see. What was it? Uh, I, I know it was an off-speed pitch, wasn't it? Yeah, it was the curveball. He hammered the curveball. Uh, I guess, I mean, that'll that'll be why Brian Shaw tells you I, I only throw cutters. Uh because, yeah, they hammered that curveball off of him. Uh, so, yeah, so that's what was going on in this game. I mean, on the other side of things, uh, Luis Castillo has another solid game against us. Did it a little bit differently than he did it last time. Last time, he actually took the no decision last time. Uh, but he went six innings, four hits, one earned run, one home run given up. So a solo home run there, a walk in 10 strikeouts last time. This time, no runs given up, a walk, and only four strikeouts in six innings pitch, and he does get the win this time. He does get the decision. So doing it a little bit differently from Luis Castillo on this one, uh, what was working for him? I mean, it's not really high CSW numbers. It was the slider. The slider was working for him. Uh, A 55% whiff rate on the slider. He threw it second most of all his pitches behind the fastball. Five called strikes. It's good for 48% CSW on the slider. The average exit velocity on the two we put in play was 77.3 miles per hour. In fact, both balls we put in play, we hit at 77 and then 77.5. So not making good contact on it. And frankly, I am really sick and tired of watching our right-handed hitters strike out on the slider. Oscar Gonzalez does it. Austin Hedges does it. Gonzalez chases another one down out of the zone. You saw it coming a mile away. I am so sick of watching our right-handed hitters strike out the sliders down and away. I wish I wish I could pull up something on StatCast to find this, but I just, I just can't. There's nothing on here where I can look by pitch, by slider. 
Uh, I really wish there was where I could look at what the team batting average is against sliders. I can't tell you that it's so bizarre. The Guardians still have the lowest amount of strikeouts in all of baseball by almost 100 strikeouts. We're at 896 team strikeouts batting. The Houston Astros are second best in baseball at 972. That's almost 100 strikeouts more than the Guardians. And yet it feels like we strike out all the time because our chase rate is really high. Uh, We chase, it's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8th worst in baseball at a 30.4% chase rate. But our chase contact is the best in baseball at 65.3. So yes, we're going out of the zone chasing, but we're making contact with it, which is why guys like Quan and Ramirez can stay alive in at-bats and hang in there and finally get a pitch to hit. So it's a really, really weird, it's a weird statistical season when it comes to Guardian strikeouts. But I wish, maybe I can find it. Maybe if I keep digging, I could find it on a different website. I can't find it on StatCast. What our team batting average is against sliders. Uh, or a visual to show what we're doing with pitches down and away for our right-handed hitters. Um, it's bad. It's bad. And he gets us again with sliders. Like we said, it's a ridiculous uh, 48% CSW on his slider on the day. And three of his four strikeouts come via the slider. He also got Josh Naylor with a backdoor slider that yeah, may might have been outside, but right on the edge. And he gets him looking with that one. So Castillo does another solid performance against us, and the Seattle Mariners come in and take another win over the Cleveland Guardians. They need the Guardians need something. I they I don't know what they got to do. They need a fire lit under them. They're lucky that the White Sox help us out. They beat the Minnesota Twins, so we still have a one game lead in the division, even though we're going through one of one of our worst stretches. On the season, I know there was a wasn't there a long losing streak earlier in the season. So we're in one of our long, you know, worst stretches of the season here. But this is September baseball. We have got to figure it out. I mean, right now this looks like even if we make the playoffs, this is a one and done team, right? I mean, we have not fared well against Seattle and Baltimore, two teams that are definitely playoff material, and we have not fared well. So. We have got to get our act together uh, if we want to be a playoff team. We can't just beat the Detroit Tigers and the Kansas City Royals and the Minnesota Twins. We have got to bring something, and which is weird because we do have a good record against teams above 500. We have one of the best records in baseball against teams that go above 500. It's not lately. Not What are you doing for me lately? Not lately. I mean, Baltimore and Seattle have really made us look weak offensively. All right. That's all my thoughts. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning. I really wish there was more, but Cleveland just did not put up a fight in this game. Uh, MVP on the day. Uh, I mean, Henges gives you two innings of relief, shutout relief. Shaw gets hammered. Eli Morgan and Kirk McCarty come in and give you some shutout relief. I don't feel like giving it to a reliever. I'll, I can't really give it to Palacios. He left so many guys on base. I don't think there is. I, I honestly don't think there is an MVP on the day. It just was not a good game. I'm, I'm taking the award back. Someone's got to go earn it this time. I'm not just going to give it to a reliever for some shutout baseball when we're already losing. Someone's got to go earn it. So no MVP on the day. 
All right. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can email the show, clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts on what is going on right now with this team. Please, morning people, you got to be angry. I know you are because I got to be honest, the numbers have dipped. Since we started losing to Seattle and Baltimore, the numbers have dipped. It's clear that some people have decided to take a break from baseball. Uh, But you hardcore morning people who are hanging in with me, I appreciate it. Hit me up at ClevelandBaseballMornings at gmail.com. What would you do to light a fire under these guys? What would you change if you were Terry Francona? Uh, ClevelandBaseballMornings at gmail.com. We'll discuss it on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor, so if you go to anchor.fm forward slash Cleveland Baseball Mornings, you can leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play it back on the air, respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. Baseball Morning.